Hello, everyone, and welcome to And There You Go, a podcast about life. Whether you're hanging from a cliff by one hand or laughing your ass off, we'll cover it all. And now your co-hosts, Addie and Chad. Hey there, Addie. Hey, Chad. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. And you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Good. Just ducky. <laughs> That's awesome. that's I don't know what that means, but I'm it means doing it. Fantastic. Yeah, I heard that a long time ago, and I'll say that every now and then, and people go, "What? What do you mean by that?" I don't know. Okay. And there you go. And there you go. So I understand that you have a topic that you want to talk about. Do you want to enlighten me as to what we're going to be discussing today? Well, sure. Um, this all came about because of a video that I watched, and you were lying right next to me. And oh, this one! I watched it probably <laughs> think... ten or fifteen times, and I was just hysterical. Well, now hold on. Maybe I don't know which one because you've done that a number of times. Right. It's hilarious <laughs> because you'll be looking at Facebook, and then sometimes I'm in the room, and sometimes I'm not. But I just hear this laughter over and over and over again with a pause in between. <laughs> then more laughter and laughter and laughter and a pause and then laughter and laughter. And, and I come to find out that you're watching a video over and over and over again. I am. And laughing harder every time. <laughs> and then I get sucked into that, that laughter vortex because, you know, even though I'm not seeing the video, I'm hearing you laugh and your laugh makes me laugh. So I love that. <laughs> and it makes me laugh out loud, which we've talked about before, I think, that, yes, that I don't yeah. laugh out loud. So the fact that <laughs> you, you can do. do that is a superpower. Thank you. But yes. you do laugh out loud sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. But it's kind of rare. It's rare. So I have to check with you. Are you laughing on the inside? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And usually I am in some mm -hmm. way, shape, or form. Anyway, so the topic for today is... It is having these moments where we hit a pinnacle okay. in a situation, and before we know it, we've said it out loud, like how we really feel. And often, I think when that happens, it's not a truth that anybody really wants to hear. <laughs> okay. Um, even though they maybe need to hear it and mm -hmm. respect how you feel. So it's like something that we've been holding in that we've wanted to say, but we don't, but we get to a point where the dam breaks and yeah. it, it just comes out regardless. It's like the toothpaste. Oh, yeah. Okay. The, the toothpaste lesson. We talked about that, I think, our last podcast. Yes, we did. Yep. Yeah. It just, it just comes out at a certain point. You can't help because you've been holding it in for so long. <laughs> And Sorry, my 10-year-old <laughs> mind just went somewhere with that statement. Oh, do we want to know? No, no. <laughs> right. So anyway, there's this couple that are on a roller coaster. This video, I remember this one. Okay. <laughs> They're at the very front, and they've got some kind of video camera or something. Yeah, so like you a, can see. Like a GoPro mounted or something like that. Or maybe maybe it's the roller coaster company that... Yeah. Cameras. Yeah. And the woman looks so excited and perfectly happy to be there. And the guy 
must have been her boyfriend. It was her boyfriend well, because yeah. of what she said. Yeah. <laughs> but he was already almost straddling his side. He couldn't get far enough away from her. And I was afraid he's going to jump. <laughs> well, it, it kind of looks like that. Now, I have the clip pulled up now that you mentioned that one. And I'm looking at the uh, the video still that they're showing here. And they're at the very crest of what I'm assuming is probably the first great big the drop zoom. that they're coming up to. Yes. Beautiful sunny day. She's sitting there and she's got this great big smile on his face, her face. And he's sitting there with his right arm over the side of the car that they're sitting in his his so his right hand and his he's clutching it with his right hand he's got his left hand clutching on just as hard and he's got this look of absolute terror on his face and he's looking at her like what the f did you get me into yeah and i think that the first thing that he keeps saying over and over is i don't want to do this i don't want to do this i don't want to do this <laughs> Oh, and then they start going. So apprehension <laughs> isn't nearly a big enough word for what's going through this guy's no, mind. No, so. it's complete terror. Yep. So should we take a take yes. a listen here? All yes. right, we'll play this through here, and we'll just see what kind of ride it takes us on. There. She's telling him to put his arms up, and he's telling her he wants to go home. Here they've crested the top and are. <laughs> And in this part of the roller coaster, it looks like he's pulling about five G's on his face. He's not happy. Lamaze courses. I want to break up. I can't do this. I want to break up. I want to break up. I don't want to break up. And they're back for another bout of it. All of the joy has left her face, <laughs> and she's just mortified. You always make me do shit that I don't want to do. <laughs> now they're coming to an end, and she's just sitting there stunned. He's looking like, oh my god, what toothpaste did I just squeeze out of my mouth? <laughs> and he's now looking down in shame. And as they come to a stop, she's uh, pursing her lips. She's not happy. Certainly a different look on her face now than there was when they started. He just looked over at her going, oh, boy, how do I get myself out of this he one? He blurted the words. He Blurt, can't take the them words. back. Yep, they're out of the toothpaste tube, buddy. Here's the happy announcer. Hey, we all had such a great time on this ride. And she's just, her mouth is agape now. It's like, are you kidding me? She looks at him, throws her arms up. She walks out of the cart and leaves him sitting there 
absolutely mortified. So um, there you go. And there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was a hell of a ride, folks. <laughs> this poor man. Oh, my. I just, I feel like I was on the roller coaster with him. <laughs> oh, me too. And I felt bad laughing, but it's just so funny. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feel bad laughing. I do now. That's about the 4,000th time, thousands, thousand times we've seen it. Yeah. I'm so tongue-tied right, right now. I feel yeah. so bad for this guy. This guy did not have healthy boundaries, let's face it. <laughs> well, if it, if it took nearly dying to be able to scream his truth, <laughs> you know, yeah, he's probably got some boundary issues. Yes, Maybe not is. so much anymore, though. Well, he doesn't have her around anymore to have boundaries <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wonder what he felt as he was getting off that roller coaster, too. There was probably another set of roller coaster emotions yeah. that he felt. Well, I'm sure he felt bad because the toothpaste came out really fast. <laughs> <laughs> In a big way. Yeah, but he's probably relieved, don't you think? I would think so if he's if, been holding it in like that. Exactly. Yeah. If he's holding it in and holding it in, and then he reaches this point where he can't take one more thing, and he still had to go on the ride to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, and how many times have we, you know, it's taken something that severe before we take action on something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man. But <laughs> let's face it. We should be able to burn a bridge with somebody who's that toxic with us. If he's feeling really like, you always make me do these things. Well, you know? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Th those, those statements right there say that this isn't just a one-time, you no. know, roller coaster <laughs> terror ride for this guy. This this was a, a, a culmination of probably a series of different things, you know, so I can only imagine what else she's talked him into. Yeah, one can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Only. Yeah, I wrote down some things he said. You always make me do this. I hate this. I want to get off. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to break up. I want to break up. <laughs> and holy shit, I don't want to do this. And all the time he was clutching the side of the, uh, the car. Yeah, like I said, he just, was practically straddling it. Just terrified. Mortified. <laughs> so I guess... Well, this episode you already saw, I'm sure, is called Screaming My Truth. What? <laughs> and he was screaming his truth. Pretty much. And people need to realize that you need to respect each other's boundaries, their feelings and thoughts and their space, even, even their bubbles. When I would teach, I'd always say, make sure that nobody's in your bubble. It's social-emotional stuff. Yeah. Stay out of other people's bubbles. Respect other people's feelings and opinions. Show consideration and kindness. Listen to how other people feel. Well, he let her know. Well, he let her know. I, I'd be curious, though, to have a chat with the young man and just see where he was at in terms of his own assertiveness in, in relationships and in life and that sort of a thing. <laughs> you know, sorry, how but... well did he define his bubble for other people? He didn't. No. He didn't. It, it took this. Traumatic. Traumatic, yeah. 
Exactly. <laughs> I mean, experience. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you know what, though? I'll be honest. I've had that kind of thing, too. Now, I haven't literally screamed my truth like this guy did. Yeah. But uh, it's taken a lot of pressure for things to come out sometimes. Well, it often takes a crisis situation. There you go. Yep. Um, for us to speak our truth. Yeah. And this roller coaster guy, because uh, I don't know his name, that's what I call him, the roller coaster guy. <laughs> Well, that works. That we, we know who you're talking about. Yeah, he finally found himself in a crisis situation. He didn't get out of it. He got out of the relationship. He didn't get out of going on the ride. No, no. So it was one, it was like a finale. <laughs> like, this is how I feel, and here we go. Yep. And finally. So... <laughs> know, but there's a lot of times where I have now learned to speak my own truth. Uh, sometimes something happens and you snap. But as we've talked about before, keeping those brains, the upstairs and the downstairs working correctly, stop and think before you say anything. Mm -hmm. Can't take it back. But this guy, he didn't care. He didn't want to take it back. No, no. This was probably his <laughs> moment of salvation, uh, and he's going to look back on this and say, why didn't I get on a roller coaster with her sooner? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Could have ended it all right there. Yeah. No, but, it, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes it doesn't take um, a, a very large kind of a crisis. For me, there was a slow burn over time, and maybe that's what it was for this guy too, but it took this moment in time to... You know, like a, a pressure valve on a on a pressure cooker. Uh huh. You know that suddenly just kind of pops and blows. And for me, in a past relationship, there was a slow burn of stuff building up and building up, but I didn't have the capability to assert myself or def to define my bubble for myself. I didn't. I wasn't good at that. And it took a buildup of pressure over time before that the actual release came and even the release wasn't as dramatic as this you know but i i got to a point where i had to say that's it mm -hmm. uh, so it didn't scream it i i guess i suppose the way i figuratively screamed it was the way i went about telling this person that's it i'm done yeah well and i can say i've had lots of experiences like this but the older i get the easier it is for me to set my boundaries and my bubble. I was in several domestic abuse situations, which is, I know that sounds awful, but if you're in one, you're generally in more than one. Yes. That's just how it works. No, and I've, I've seen that in my own life. Not that I was domestically abused, but I've seen that with people around me. Yeah. So it got to the point where I was so terrified of this person that I was hiding in closets with my puppy mm -hmm. calling a crisis center. Well, finally one day I decided to scream my truth, I guess, in, in some way or another, not to him because that would have been dangerous, but I went to a crisis center and I could barely walk in. I was shaking so badly. Mm -hmm. I, I was so fearful that he would find out. Uh, and they were wonderful. Uh, I, I spilled everything. 
and which you do you need to do that i mean especially if it's built up or if it's significant or both yeah and they validated my experiences mm-hmm. they said there is absolutely no question that you are being domestically abused and it's continually getting worse and it will not stop getting worse mm-hmm. it will always get worse if you don't get out yeah but when you are trying to get out is when you're in the most danger of all. Yep. But because of how kind they were and supportive, I, I didn't feel alone anymore mm-hmm. in it. So I screamed my truth that day, and I believe that it saved me because mm-hmm. I was validated. Yeah. Because to the outside world, he's seen like best things since sliced bread. Yeah. And so to finally be able to do that and to say, that's not true. This is what's happening to me. This is what he is doing. Uh, Too often, abuse is a dirty secret kept by the abused. And you're shamed and you're threatened into keeping the secret. So that was my only way of screaming my truth at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have, a, I have an example that comes from the workplace, actually. So I worked for a company. Mm-hmm. Duh. <laughs> of course I worked for a company. But at this place, the, uh, the team that I was on, there was, uh, I would say, uh, to, to put it kindly, there was a lack of maturity amongst some of the staff. And for some reason, I took the brunt of it. I mean, I was a project manager, and these were the people that were doing the project work. Mm-hmm. They didn't report to me, so there, there was no authoritative kind of a relationship there other than, you know, informal that, that I was the project manager and uh, I needed to rely on them to do the work on behalf of the client. So I was a client project manager. Yeah. And some of the things I noticed early on were really subtle and, and some of them were not so subtle. Back at that time, it was uh, processing different forms, surveys primarily. And one person that sat next to me who was, uh, you know, when I talk about maturity, isn't quite as mature. She had to take paper clips, or not paper clips, but staples out of papers so that they could be run through a scanner. But she'd sit on the cube next to me and she'd throw her staples over into my cube. So that's just an example of the immaturity there. Holy cow. I know, right? So at some point, the team split into two, and I had a team leader who was kind of kind of a doink. Um, (laughs) Nicely said. Well, uh, you know, there's there's other words. There are other words that I can use to describe that. That was a good Um, one. But he and I got along fairly well. But you know, kind of some immaturity there too. And so there was a kind of a rivalry or a dislike between the two teams that split apart. So our team was a little bit more progressive, more so allegedly more mature than the other team. And one day he came to me and said, Chad, I found something on the printer that I think you should see. And it was an email that was printed out by one of the people on the other team that was questioning why this guy and and me would go into the bathroom together and what are we doing in there? Oh my Yeah. So, and of course we took that to HR right away. And to this day, I don't know if anything ever got done, but there was just that 
type of behavior, you know, and enough of it that I had reached my point. I was on that roller coaster like this guy was, mm-hmm. and I was just like, screw this, I'm done. I tendered my resignation and I walked out. I screamed my truth. I just, I, I'm not going to take it anymore. Good luck with the projects and uh, I'll see you. <laughs> Sayonara. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so um, there's, you know, all, all types of situations in life that this can occur. So, well, yeah, I, in the classroom as a substitute teacher a long time ago, I, I think I had been sick. I'd been really sick. I've never missed that many days of work in my life. Mm-hmm. I think I, w- I missed nine days. And I was sick for way longer than that. So when I got back, it was the end of school. Mm-hmm. And I was in a fifth grade classroom, the same one for that many days, because I did long-term subbing usually. And the kids, well, they'll they'll... What's the word? I lost it. Be kids. They'll they'll be kids and they will question and they will challenge you. Yes. And I just wasn't in the mood (laughs) for any of it. Well, you know, if you're coming off of being sick and I was there for that and you were sick. Yeah. I mean, really sick. I was in bed for two weeks pretty much. Thank goodness it wasn't COVID, but it was still bad. Yeah. So I wasn't up to those kinds of behavior issues the last four or five days of school. And I'd given a project to the kids. Now I'm working off of a letter that the teacher wrote to me that was probably eight to 10 pages long. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would tell them what their teacher wanted them to do. And I'd have it written on the board every time, like a word map, so they wouldn't have to ask me over and over again. Sure. And I explained what the project was. And one fifth grade girl stood up, put her hands on her hips and said, what did I ever do to you? Oh, my. Yeah. Well, this class, half of them had attitudes like that. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a rough class. (laughs) And I got quiet. And I was angry. Oh, I can imagine. And I just sat in it for a moment because I didn't want to be reactionary. So about five minutes later, I said, okay, everybody give me five, which means I have your eyes and ears. I need to make sure that you're listening to what I have to say. Uh, A classmate of yours just asked me, what did I ever do to you? Well, here's my question. What did I ever do to any of you? I mean, (laughs) I was just that frustrated. Mm -hmm. I said, here is the 10-page letter that your teacher, Miss Whomever, wrote to me. She told me everything that happens in your classroom. She told me every assignment that needed to happen while she was gone. Mm-hmm. I'm the messenger. You know, yeah, <laughs> I am. Yep. I didn't do this to you. So if you're having an issue, I'm screaming my truth here. Talk to your teacher <laughs> because all I am is the messenger. I never did anything to you. Um, that was a lot for me because I generally don't 
get that. You don't bold. get to the boiling point. I, I don't really get to the boiling uh, point much, no. but I was. So I screamed my truth that day to a bunch of fifth graders. So I think, you know, I want to go back to something that you said earlier about screaming our truth as a means of setting boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's setting boundaries. It's asserting our needs. And I've got a, another kind of example from my own life that really exemplifies the, the setting the boundaries for me. In this was junior high, and I was bullied, mm-hmm. believe it or not. You know, yeah, here I know I'm six foot five. Who's going to bully me? But back then, I wasn't. I was a you know short and pudgy, and kids picked on me. And it wasn't you know just these two kids that picked on me, but there were other kids. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in art class, and uh, these two guys. One one was a, a little pipsqueak, and one was his big goon. The typical combination that you see, yeah. you know. And so the the pipsqueak had the big goon tunk me on the head with his fist, and I was in front of him. And he did that a couple of times, and just, you know, this one thing I remember. And there was more, you know, there were more interactions around that. But one day, one day, I caught the pipsqueak alone in the hall. (laughs) And so I screamed my truth, and the way I screamed my truth was I grabbed him by his shirt or jacket, whatever he was wearing, and I said, do you want to fight? Let's go. And I started to haul him outside. And he started screaming, no, no, no. You know, and just like, and in, in that moment of screaming that truth that I was fed up and I'm not going to take it anymore, I set a boundary and they never bothered me again. Boundaries. Boundaries, exactly. Your bubble. You know, sometimes it's not out of sheer terror like this guy, <laughs> this poor guy on the roller coaster. Sometimes you just have bloody well had enough. Yes. You know, and that's, that sounds like what happened in the classroom too for you. You know, you just, that's enough. You know, yeah. I'm not going to take this anymore. I have a quote kind of about this. I can tell you how many words I've swallowed in the name of keeping the peace. I've got a whole damn library inside my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that day there was a little less library in my mouth. So <laughs> there was a little less library. I like that. In our mouths. I like that a lot. When we scream our truth and that poor guy, there was less in his. Mm-hmm. Remember, it's okay to speak up. Yes. And take your power back in a big way if you need to. Absolutely. Yeah. Assert yourself, create your bubble. And remember, you know, sometimes the only way to take care of things is to scream your truth. And there you go. And there you go. (laughs) All right. Until next time, folks, thank you much for listening. Uh, And remember, this podcast was brought to you by Ollie Bug Productions.